0: Hey, it's Pastor Mike. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and make it a regular part of your day, can I ask for your regular support? We really can't make any of our sermon series or devotions without the continual support of friends like you. Time of Grace, in case you didn't know, is 100% donor funded, meaning it is your gifts that make it possible for us to use television and print and digital media to share the good news of God's amazing grace. Just click on the link in the episode notes and thank you for all of your prayers and all of your support. God bless. How do you measure if a church is successful? If it has lots of money, is it a successful church? If it has lots of people, is it a successful church? Well, if that's how you measure success, then Jesus was an unsuccessful pastor. Sure, there was that time where he fed 5,000 people with a few loaves of bread and a few fish and multiplied it for the masses. But when the food went away, the people went away. And that's why Jesus didn't get caught up in the numbers because he knew how fickle human beings could be. What Jesus really focused on was changing one person's heart. Changing people one at a time and transforming their lives. But not everybody understood that. In fact, when Jesus was meeting with a few people who were caught in their wicked ways and he was spending time with them to transform their lives. There were some religious people who came by and sneered at him. And so Jesus wanted to explain what he was doing and so he told them this story. He said, Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, He joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. So Jesus compares what he's doing to the work of a shepherd. How if a shepherd would lose one sheep, he would go after that one lost sheep, and when he would find it, he'd celebrate and throw a party. And Jesus says that's the same thing that's happening in heaven over one person who repents. When one person repents and turns to the Lord, there is a party in heaven. What would be different if Christians started looking at things this way? What if Christians would celebrate when one person was baptized? What if all of us Christians would celebrate when one person confesses that Jesus is their savior? What if we celebrated when one teenager came back home and came to church? So let's follow Jesus' lead. Let's celebrate over every single person. Let's stop measuring the wrong thing. Let's focus on the one person that God has put in your life. Let's pray. Lord God, we can get caught up in all of the wrong things. Caught up in the numbers. But today, you'll put people in front of us that we can serve, that we can love. And so, Lord Jesus, open our eyes to see the needs of the one in front of us. In your name we pray, amen. Jesus loved to tell stories. And one of his most famous stories is called The Prodigal Son or The Lost Son. It's a story about a son who rejects his father, takes his inheritance, goes off to a distant country, and spends all of his money on wild living. And then when he loses it all, he finally comes to his senses and decides to go home and say, I'm sorry, to his father. But when his father sees him from a long way off, he runs out to him, throws his arms around him, and ends up throwing a party for his lost son. Many people, when they hear this story, they're moved to tears about the love of God seen through this father. But I want you to know that the original audience, when they heard Jesus tell this story, they were not moved to tears. They were actually angry. See, what was going on was Jesus had been meeting with a few people who had lived wicked lives and he wanted to help them transform their lives through the good news of Jesus. But then some religious people came by and saw Jesus spending time with these wicked people, and they grumbled and got angry with Jesus. And they said, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And so Jesus talked to those religious people and and tried to show them about their own self-righteousness and their own need for the good news of the gospel. So he told them three stories. And all of these stories seem to follow a basic storyline. The first story was about a shepherd who loses a sheep. He finds the sheep and then throws a party. Lost, found, party. The next story is about a woman who loses a coin. She finds the coin and throws a party. Lost, found, party. And then the third story was about that son who runs away from his father, gets lost, comes home and his father throws a party for him. Lost, found, party. But then the last story has a twist. You see, there's another older brother who's out working in the back 40 and comes in and sees that his father is throwing a party for his brother. And he's so angry and frustrated that his father would be so generous, he refuses to go in. And so Jesus says this father goes out to the older brother just like he went out to the younger brother and pleads for him to come in and celebrate. But the older brother refused to go in. And the story ends on a cliffhanger. We don't know what happened. We don't know what happens next because Jesus was speaking the story to us. See, Jesus was speaking the story to to any of us who maybe grew up inside of the church and then over time, maybe we become self-righteous. We're blinded to our own self-righteousness and our own selfishness and our own pride. And so Jesus wants to confront us with this story. You see, if we're not comfortable partying with prodigals, maybe we're the ones that are lost. And if we're the ones who are lost, we see that Jesus is coming out to us. He's calling out to us to repent of our self-righteousness and our pride, repenting for looking down on other people and other people's story. And when we are the ones who repent and turn to him, God throws a party. Let's pray. Lord God, Open up our eyes to see our own self-righteousness. Forgive us for all the times we might have looked down on somebody else and their story and what's going on in their life. Remind us of the grace that you showed to us in Jesus Christ and lead us to party with the prodigals. In your name we pray, amen. Some things that had value in 2019 have no value today. For example, I bought plane tickets in 2019 for a trip in 2020, but by the time 2020 came around, because of all the shutdowns, they had no value at all. Jesus makes a similar point in one of the strangest stories that he ever told, the story called the shrewd manager. Jesus tells the story about a rich man who had a manager who was accused of, of wasting his master's possessions and he was about to fire him. And so this manager was afraid of losing his job and so he went to his master's debtors and cut dishonest deals with all of them. So that when he had lost his job, he would be welcomed into their homes. When his boss found out what the manager did, he commended the dishonest manager because of his ambition and his shrewdness. And Jesus makes this point. He says, "For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than the people of the light." What Jesus is saying is is if you're a believer in Jesus, we can learn something from the people of this world. We can learn from their ambition and their shrewdness and how hard they work for things and many things that aren't going to last. And then Jesus makes this application which is pretty surprising. He says, "I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings." What does this mean? Jesus is saying use money and possessions because they're temporary tools. Use temporary tools while they have value. Because soon, things like money and possessions will have no value at all. So use these temporary things like money and possessions to leverage them to make eternal friendships. All this week, we're talking about reaching the one in your life. And Jesus talks about each individual soul as having incredible worth, eternal worth and value. And so, use things like temporary wealth and possessions to build relationships with that one person in your life to change their life for eternity. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you shock us with this this unique parable about how we can learn stuff even from, from dishonest managers. We can learn to be ambitious and shrewd. Now, we shouldn't be dishonest, but we pray, Lord God, that you would give us a desire to use temporary things like money and possessions, to use all of these things to serve and to love the one precious soul you put in front of us today. In your name we pray, amen. Years ago, I invited a certain person to church and this person told me, Pastor, I can't come to church because if I entered into your church, I've done so many bad things, the roof would come down on me. And he said, no, I need to straighten out some things in my life. i got to fix some things in my life and then I'll come to your church. And in that moment, I began to understand that he believed that we have to climb some sort of spiritual ladder before we're able to get access to the presence of God. And that we have to do some things to get God's attention. It made me think of a, a story in the Bible about a man named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a tax collector, which means that he was working for the Roman government and taking advantage of his people. And, and inside of himself, you could imagine, filled with guilt and shame. And heard Jesus was coming into his town of Jericho. And he wanted to see Jesus, but he was sure that Jesus would not want to see him. And so as Jesus came into town, he climbed up a sycamore fig tree so that he could see Jesus. But Jesus surprised him. Jesus knew Zacchaeus and spoke to him. He said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. First of all, Jesus knew Zacchaeus' name and he wanted to be with Zacchaeus. In fact, he wanted to go to his home and eat with him. That's pretty surprising. Jesus was trying to show Zacchaeus that he didn't need to climb some spiritual ladder to meet with Jesus. In fact, he needed to come down, climb down from his tree because Jesus wanted to meet with him. In fact, Jesus went on to say this, Today salvation has come to this house, the house of Zacchaeus, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. You see, Jesus came not to give us a spiritual ladder to climb. He did not give us a system of rules to follow. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. All this week, we've been talking about the importance of reaching the one. And maybe you feel like you're the one right now. You're the one lost person. Well, I want you to see that Jesus is seeking you out. He's seeking to save you. He's saying, Come down from your spiritual climbing, your spiritual ladder, because God wants to meet with you today. Let's pray. Lord God, we can waste so much time trying to climb some spiritual ladder. Thank you, Jesus, that you climbed the cross for us. Now, we ask that you would welcome us into your presence, that you would spend time with us today So that we could be at peace with you. In your name we pray. Amen. Before Jesus was crucified, he went on trial before the Roman governor named Pontius Pilate. And Jesus famously told him, I am a king, but my kingdom is not of this world. What he meant by that is Jesus' kingdom does spread throughout the world. But the values of Jesus' kingdom don't come from this world. You see, the values of the kingdoms of this world are all about getting more people, getting more money, getting more power, getting more control over the most amount of land and groups and people. But Jesus' kingdom is totally different. Jesus' kingdom is looking at each human being as precious and valuable. But each one of them It's about lifting up the lowly and and raising up the oppressed. Those are the values of his kingdom. In fact, Jesus says on the last day, he will be like a king coming with his kingdom. And on the last day, he will reveal who is a part of his kingdom. And so Jesus says on, on judgment day, he will separate people like a shepherd separates the sheep and the goats. And he'll say to those who are part of his kingdom, Come! You who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. And here are the characteristics of people who are part of Jesus' kingdom. He said, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison and you visited me. And then Jesus goes on to explain what he means by that. He says, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. See, those are the values of Jesus' kingdom. That when we do something for the least of the brothers of Jesus, that the one human being that God puts in front of us, we are doing it for Jesus. So if you call yourself a Christian, if you believe that you've been saved by grace apart from works, if you believe that that God values you in Jesus Christ, then live under the values of Jesus' kingdom. Look at the, the one person that God puts in front of you today and see in that person the face of Christ. And Jesus says, whatever you do for that one person in front of you, you do for him. Let's pray. Lord God, we are surrounded by kingdoms of this world, kingdoms that are run on power and control, about amassing wealth and, and, and power. But your kingdom is about lifting up the lowly. Help us live under the values of your kingdom, Open our eyes to see the person that you place in front of us. And when we serve that person, we are serving you. In your name we pray.